This is Goosebumps, The Haunted Car by R.L. Stein, chapter 15, starts on page 64. I made my way down the stairs, carrying my shoes. If mom and dad heard the steps creaking, I'd be caught. And how could I explain why I was sneaking out in the middle of the night? I sat down in the hallway and pulled on my sneakers. I didn't bother to tie them. I wanted to get out to the car before that strange green glow disappeared. I could hear the wind whistling through the living room windows. The old glass panes rattled. It sounded as if someone were shaking the, the house. No wonder poor Todd thought the place was haunted. Dad planned to replace the old window frames, but he hadn't had time. When it got really windy, we had to wear sweaters or coats inside the house. I pulled on my down jacket. The car keys rested on the little table beside the front door. I picked them up and tucked them into my coat pocket. Then I carefully slid the front door open and slipped outside. A strong blast of wind blew me back against the door. My hair flew into my eyes. I fumbled with my jacket zipper and finally managed to zip it up to the collar. The night dew had frozen, leaving a thin layer of frost over the front lawn. Slipping and sliding, I jogged across the grass to the driveway. The car no longer glowed. It sat under the light from the street lamp, shimmering and still. I ran up to the driver's door, my breath rising in front of me in puffs of white steam. I peered into the frosted window, dark inside the car, dark and empty. I ran my hand over the roof. Why isn't it glowing? I wondered. Was that some kind of optical illusion? A trick of the light from my upstairs window? I felt disappointed. The car held a mystery and I wanted to solve it. But here I was, out in the cold, windy night, standing in the driveway, staring at an empty car. Mitchell, you're acting like a jerk, I scolded myself. Shaking my head, I turned and started trudging back to the house. I had walked only a step or two when I heard the soft voice, climb in, come on, get in. Huh? I let out a startled cry and spun around so hard my feet nearly slid out from under me on the frost-covered driveway. Get in, hurry, climb in. I moved back to the car, leaning into another strong blast of wind. Who are you? I called. Where are you? My muffled voice blew back in my face. Silence now, except for the rush of wind through the nearly bare trees. Dead brown leaves swirled at my feet, spun around my legs as if trying to hold me back. But I grabbed the door handle. Who are you? I repeated. Cold fear made my whole body shudder. I knew I shouldn't obey the voice. I knew I should stay out of the car. I remembered the locked doors, the frigid air, the cold, cruel laughter. But I had sneaked outside to solve the mystery, and I couldn't solve it standing out here, shivering, staring into an empty car. I pulled open the door and slid behind the wheel. The leather seat was so cold, it stung my skin through my clothes. My breath steamed the windshield. I rubbed my hands over the cold, smooth steering wheel. Are you in here? I whispered, turning, searching around. Is someone in here? 
I listened for the girl's soft voice. Silence. Mitchell, you're an idiot, I murmured out loud. I was falling for my brother's stupid ghost talk. Yeah, right, I told myself, rolling my eyes. You're sitting in a haunted car. The furious wind sent a clump of dead leaves scuttling over the windshield. Startled, I raised my hands as if to shield myself. The leaves pressed flat against the glass as if pushing to get inside. Another wind gust carried them away. Is anyone in here? I tried again. Did someone call me? Silence. Shivering, I shoved my hands into my coat pockets and felt the car keys. I pulled them out and stared at them. Why did I bring them with me? Did I plan to start the car? No, of course not. I picked them up because it's the middle of the night and I am half asleep and not thinking clearly and going crazy because there's something strange about this car that I can't figure out. I slipped the key into the ignition and turned it one notch. It didn't start the engine. You have to turn the key all the way to start the engine. What am I doing? I asked myself. I knew I shouldn't be out here. I should be up in my bed, safe and warm and asleep. But I couldn't stop myself. I had a terrifying feeling. A feeling that some strange, invisible force had pulled me into the car had forced me to slide the key into the ignition, had forced me to turn the key. And then I felt a rush of cold air as my hand shot out and clicked on the radio. I expected a blast of music, but instead I heard the crackle and whistle of static. I pushed a button, then another. No, no music. Was the radio broken? I spun the volume knob and turned it all the way up, and the voice, the soft girl's voice, whispered from the speakers, I'm evil. I'm so evil. I opened my mouth to call out to her, but only a choked gurgle escaped my throat. I'm so evil. Before I could utter a sound, the engine started up. The headlights flashed on. The car shifted into reverse. No, I wailed. This isn't happening. This can't be happening. But with a jolt that sent my head crashing against the windshield, the car shot back, down the driveway, into the street. Hey, I shrieked. Stop this. Let me out. Stop. Let me out. <laughs>